This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. Today's episode comes to you from Southampton, New Hampshire, where I took a visit to one of the larger vegetable farms within the Northeast with Andre Contelmo of Heron Pond Farm. Andre is quite the talker, and what I ended up doing was following him around the farm and talking about all kinds of equipment. So rather than sitting down around the table with microphones, we walked around the farm with a microphone and camera in hand. So there will be a series of five or six episodes coming up all with Andre, and that's going to cover things like coolers, cultivation equipment, uh, no-till practices, and some really fun innovations from TerraTech equipment. So whether you're a small or large vegetable farm, you're going to get a lot out of this because he has experience with a wide range of vegetable farming equipment. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. They're a little bit different than the typical format that we followed. Let me know if you like it. In this first episode, you get to know Andre and his farm a little bit. And then we dive into details on no-till. We talk about a no-till planter, flail mowers, soil health, and weed pressure. Uh, Super interesting topic for me, so I hope you get a lot out of it as well. Here we go. My name is Andre Contelmo. We're here at Heron Pond Farm in Southampton, New Hampshire, where we grow 60 acres of mixed vegetables um, and gross uh, between a million, million five a year. Uh, We have uh, diversity in sales with wholesale, direct-to-consumer, roadside stand, um, farmer's market, and CSA. We carry eight employees in the winter because we're a four-season farm, and we do between 25 and 30 in the summer. I've been farming since uh, 1996 in New Hampshire, so, and before that I farmed with my uncle in the summers at his market garden, which was, you know, a little one acre market garden. Oh, what's your climate zone? 5B. Okay. We actually recorded this part of the episode at the very end of the day. And I asked Andre, what does the future look like for your farm? And he's definitely one to invest in equipment or infrastructure where it matters. And uh, this is what he had to say. My long-term plan is like, it's got, I gotta, I gotta bite the bullet. It's just like, you know, you get to my age and you're thinking, what should I do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is my, is my kid, you know, because I, I could do this for like 20 more years. Yeah. So do I spend another million dollars on a building <laughs> and it better go to my kid? Because right. who's going to buy the building? Like, who's going who's gonna to come into this? You, you drove here. Yeah. We're in suburbia. It's not like where you're from. Like, if you go down the block, you're in, like, the city. Yeah, it's a nice community around here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. We're farming in people's backyards, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, you know, you drive down the block, you look in everybody's backyard, you see that the fields keep going. It's because... So to put up an industrial-style building... Here, and then, like, you know, what's it going to be? Like, who... Like, you know, you run... Like, not like every other business. But every other business has a balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows you what it's, what you're, what it's worth. I put up that barn, it was 80 grand, right? Okay, Um, you know, so you have the replacement value, you have other things going on, but like, 
Maybe the barn's a bad example because maybe somebody would move in here and want that barn. But, like, you buy all this stuff, and, like, if I was, like, a, a CNC factory, and I owned the building, and I owned all the CNC equipment, and I owned the stuff in a certain amount of depreciation, but the real estate was going up or whatever, you could sell the whole business. You would get, like, the balance sheet value of the business plus what's called goodwill, if you had a good brand. Right? Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you'd sell that. You're selling a brand. Who the heck is going to give you what you got in this? Or what the balance sheet plus good... No, there's no one in their right mind. It's good development land. <laughs> but that's not... That's not that's the not point. That's not what we stand for. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> no. And so like, yeah, I'm going to put up a very specific use building. It's going to be a million dollars. Loading docks, coolers. Yeah drains yeah it's just yeah everything costs everything costs this next section covers no-till uh, we walked by a corn planter and we dove into what it took to modify it in order to work in a no-till system and then the kind of rotation and cultivation practices he he uses within that system converted that uh, Pequot planter to no-till Okay. I highly recommend it to anybody because better seed to soil contact no matter what soil conditions. And we also, um, we do what's called now high trash farming, not necessarily no-till. Yeah. But it'll go through anything. Which is funny because I've heard like that type of planter is generally not like the best planter. Oh, I love this planter. Okay, good. Like with that <laughs> setup on it. This is all stuff out of, um, um, these are like Yetter equipment. Um, yeah, those are some gnarly. Uh... Oh, well, look at this. Take off the stock spring set. This is not stock. And this is the down pressure uh -huh. yep. for, your, for, your, for your press wheels. And, and this is your depth wheel, right? So we put new cutting discs. Obviously, these are for cutting into, into sod. But then we got new heavy-duty cut discs, um, and then the spring and the and the and the side shank that that does the gauge. This is a new. You, this is aftermarket as well, right in here. And then this is the other thing that we did. These fer, fer, fertilizer discs are way oversized, and then it's got a fertilized cut collar. And then we move down the line to his Forego flail mower. This is just. This is a beast too. Um, can't, if it was in the air, you could see the hammers on this sucker. What's great about this is um, cover cropping. Like, you know, sometimes like you, you know, you're like, oh, I, I gotta really manage that cover crop before it's uh, out of hand. Or you couldn't, like, I would not grow Sudan Sudan grass here. Yeah. Because it was like we can't do any. I can't. I, I can never get rid of it. I can't mow it. It just like swirls around and clogs up my, my brush hog. A good flail mower, boy, you can just, you can grow different cover crops. You can grow um, on just your bed system and just take the flail out and just mow that bed and then incorporate just that one. Um, plus it makes it, you know, like so fine that like it incorporates better into the ground for like, you know, like those fine seeded crops and stuff. The other thing is um, with this and the no-till planter, 
um, I don't plow for corn at all. Um, I mow down my cover crop um, or, I, um, or I crimp it. Um, I crimp it, I wait a little bit, I go in, no-till, whatever covers stand, whatever crop, uh, cover crop stands back up, we flail right to the ground and it doesn't catch up to the corn after that. And okay. like, I got funny looking corn that like the corn's this high and I have like little rice double that's like this high. But I'm like, I don't know, throw a little extra fertility down. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just an interseeded cover crop at that point. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. So you're flailing down the old corn? Oh, we, we, uh, we flail down old corn, yeah, yeah. yeah. We flail down old corn, we put um, a cover crop in with a no-till um, drill yeah. for a cover crop, and then, yeah, I have corn land that I haven't plowed in years, like three years. I've had the no-till planter for three years, I have, so that's how long. I've, I've got some corn land that hasn't, hasn't seen a chisel plow, a mole board, nice. any, nothing. Wait that long. My grandparents farmed to grow six acres of sweet corn. Mm. Traditionally, so far, with yeah. moldboard plow, yeah. disc, yeah. harrow. A lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. And I'd love to get to a no-till system eventually here. That and this are essential. Uh, if you don't want to use herbicide, you definitely need a crimper. Crimper. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to get into that because we do three acres of pumpkins, too. Pumpkins are seen, easy to do no-tills. I've seen them. Easy. Done really well. They have a, they have a no-till attachment for that chechi. Ah. You can put the transplants in. Transplant and pumpkins. Or, or that cedar will pop them. You can, you can see pumpkins with that. So you could roll down your rye and then... You roll down the rye. Um, then, uh... My trick is flailing the stuff that popped back up. Um, other guys you could so use... So that's your, uh, <laughs> your pre-emergent treat. My pre-emergent herbicide <laughs> is, the, is the flail. Well, the other thing is that um, when it, after you roll it, it's just like sometimes it mats and sometimes it really doesn't mat. Like they only show you the pictures yeah. of the perfect shit. But if you take the flail through, um, it makes like, it looks like you ted it Yeah, straw. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the trans, the, the, the planter goes through it like butter. Right, because it's Whereas not Whereas sometimes if you roll it, you know you can only go, you can only plant in the direction it's rolled. Uh-huh. You can't plant in the other direction. Right. But if it's flail, if it's rolled, crimped, dead, and flail mode, you can plant in either direction. Nice. So, so then, yeah, you can go the long way on the field to do all the flailing and whatnot, and then you can plant the short way. You can do like it any way you want. Yeah, yeah, I mean, or no, no, the problem with the crimper is we, the crimpers are like, um, unless, you know, they've been trying to incorporate crimpers with the planters. So they have yeah. ones that go in the front of your tractor, and you right. crimp and plant all of it at the same time. I never, I'm not sophisticated enough to do any of that. I can't get that working. I'll never get out there and like crimp the, the like when my cover crop needs crimping, it has to be crimped. It's not like it's, I'm ready to plant or, oh, it's time for that planting. Like I don't have it down to like where I'm. Right, because you need to crimp when you need to crimp and you need to plant when you need to plant. That's not always that aligned <laughs> like the universe, especially if you go with like rye vetch. You let that vetch go along. You know what I, I have spent hours pulling vetch out of that thing. <laughs> I have spent like clumps of it. I have pictures of like um, the row markers, you know how you're yeah, going yeah. through and you have to, no till you have to use a row marker with the foam because otherwise you don't know where you are. You yeah. can't see your tire prints. You know, you, you think, oh, how am I not going to see the tire print? 
it's gone pretty fast. <laughs> you know, you'll come back and find corn that's like <laughs> weaving it out of each other. So you have to use a foam marker. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're using the foam marker, the, there's an arm that goes down. Well, with a vetch, I've gotten to the end of rows and like you can't even see my foam because there's so much vetch on the end of my marker. It's all wadded up. It's just all, it's all wadded up. And like, <laughs> I just got like, you know, I got pictures of just like that. But, you know, you go out and you look at that field and it looks like a salad bowl. Yeah. You know? And then you plant corn in it. And then you go out like in one of these New England falls where like trucks are sinking to the bottom of it. <laughs> and like everywhere on the farm. But you go out to pick corn and you can drive your friggin' tractor, your truck, everything. You can bring a trailer out there and just pick right into the trailer because the ground hasn't been disturbed or moved or anything. It's, it's fine. Doesn't and health, care. And healthy soil. Oh yeah, the soil's that. And then you go and burn it to the ground with greens. <laughs> that's what we do. We build the soils up to set fire to them. That's that's nice though that <laughs> you're, you're building it up over corn. Typically, corn is known to take soil down, just on the the way you handle the soil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you sell off the stubble to a you know uh, to cows and uh -huh. stuff, then then you know I think that you probably are not doing well. But like the no-till system and keeping the chaff on the ground. Mm -hmm. You probably are slightly gaining, you know, right. I, 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 um, I have never done the math. I mean, I always think it's gotta be insanely difficult to not to, to build while cropping, you know, yeah. just like, just, it's just inherent. Like plants exhale CO2 as well. I mean, they do oxygen, but they also exhale CO2. So, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I think it would be interesting to see, but the no-till systems are definitely better. And I tell you like the soil, after three years of no-till and then you go in um like we also do like no-till cover cropping in our fallow ground so our fallow patch that follows us which is only five acres of fallow mm -hmm. a year which needs to be like 50. <laughs> but um so that patch that's that you're going through like by the time you get through its system because it goes cover crops grain crop um grain and straw so then you make straw and, and so then, and then, and then you're into crops mm -hmm. again. And so you plow that on it. I mean, like you, you're the one that plowed it last time. And then you come back and you're like, I mean, I don't need a scientist to come out here and tell me that that isn't better. You know, <laughs> your soil sticking together. It's got these beautiful aggregates. You see the biological activity, you know, the, this, the Cornell soil tests, I don't know if everybody's going to convert to them. They have the biological index testing. Mm. Do you know about that? No. That is a great soil test. So you can do your saturated medium, which we started doing in greenhouses, but we're doing like two sets of soil tests and doing comparisons um, with them. You can do saturated medium tests for outside as well. And so you do the saturated medium, which is normally like your desert soils, your highly irrigated soils, which until this year we were like, we're basically, it's all a greenhouse because it's not raining. The yeah. only water here is what we put on it, you know? So that's what made us think, oh, we should maybe start doing the saturated medium tests, you know, for salt builds up and stuff like that. Yeah, it really yeah. helps you with those. And, um, but Cornell sends you back and you're like, just like this little chart on the bottom, biological index. And it's like, you got like red <laughs> to green, you know, and everything in between. It's like when you have red, you're like, ooh, dead soil, ooh. you know? And so... Um, I was heartened by looking at that and saying, oh, well, the ones that are in poor condition are soils I knew were in 
poor conditions and the ones that are good conditions are the ones I kind of thought would be in That's good conditions. That's good. It backed up your So your I like, you know, I'm not my, my impressions. And I, but, you know, understanding what's there and like going with their recommendations, you know, you can, um, if you get an agronomist or if you, you know, talk to another consultant, they can look at these tests and be like, you know, you should be cropping this way. Or if you've been thinking about it long enough, you can be like, well, we should stay away from these crops. And this is the kind of things that we know that we build soils with. And so we should just be like, you know, we should turn and do and do more of that. We continued to walk around the farm, talk about other equipment, and then went up to some hay grove high tunnels that were up in another field. I was still thinking about no-till. So here's another question that came to mind as I was digesting and absorbing what he had to say earlier as we're riding in the truck up to these next fields. How's the weed management on your no-tilled corn? Non-existent. Nice. Meaning, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, we're not an organic farm though. Right. And uh, if 90% of the time we don't have to do anything, but we have used Callisto. But for the most part, because you're making a, a mulch layer. And we haven't broken the ground. All right, so your weed seed bank is is mm -hmm. not re-emerging. Especially huh. when you get to the years two and three. Yeah. Like even that little shit. You notice it gets better and better. Every year. And your ground is not exposed because you put it right into a cover crop right after, and then that mulches. Yeah. the next year and then we like i said we use the straw sometimes i'll harvest the straw and plant right into the stubble yeah and that's fine too <laughs> and a straw you put between rows of plastic mulch mm -hmm. and talk about reducing compaction wow. not only from walking it's the raindrops mm -hmm. when it rains in between blacks oh my god it turns it into just like freaking cake um, and then, but if you don't have that, I mean, oh God, it's freaking beautiful. <laughs> you see, it's like you, you go remove the mulch and just to look underneath it. See like all these worm castings and you yeah. can take your hand and go like that through the soil. <laughs> I think you've been working there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If I can ask you or direct you to do one thing, that is to go to the website for this podcast, agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. There you'll find the show notes. You'll find links to the farmer who we chatted with today, as well as photos or videos uh, from the call when I visited the farm. If you've got some feedback to share, my contact information's on there, or you can leave me a voicemail, and you can do that right from the link in the description in the mobile app you're listening to this to, so go ahead and do that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.